Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on this morning. I am excited to be here. You just don't know. Uh, I didn't sleep last night at all. Amen. I I was thinking about you guys and praying for you guys and uh, just so pregnant with so much expectation for this house, uh, for this ministry, for the spiritual family at OAC. Um, I'm grateful to be a part of what God is doing uh, in the city of Lafayette and to be a part of this family. Amen. Uh, But what I want to do before we dive right into the word on this morning is I want to pray a little bit. And if you don't mind standing Uh, I'm going to pray and really begin to just invoke the presence of the Lord. Praise team, what a wonderful job on this morning. Uh, I I started to cry a little bit, had to wipe my nose, amen. And when you get in the presence of God, you just just don't know these emotions don't control themselves. So as we pray in this morning, pray with me. So Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be in this house. We call upon fresh wind, fresh anointing to blow in this house calls your preacher, your servant, your son to do this text no harm. We give you all the glory and honor now. God, open the eyes, the ears of our hearts to receive what you're saying even now. We bless you in advance for what you're going to do. We have expectation, Lord. This is not just any Sunday. It is the Sunday where I meet the king and he speaks to me. I bless you in advance, God for the transformation, the victory, and deliverance in this house right now. If you believe it, shout amen Amen. and amen. You may be seated in God's house, amen. Just a little bit about myself. Thank you, uh, Pastor Scott and uh, your lovely wife, Kelly. I I didn't see you here, but uh, also honor to my bride, uh, Sharon Kelly, who was here. And um, some of... Yeah, that's my baby. You better clap for my baby. Amen. Don't, don't get me in trouble up in here. Amen. And, and some of the harvest in the family that are here today. Just a little bit about myself before I dive in. I don't want to just start preaching to you guys. I think that's rude. Amen. I, I do want to develop a relationship between the pulpit and the pew so we can establish some ground. I have the privilege uh, to pastor a church on Simcoe between two nightclubs. Uh, a matter of fact, about two years ago, Pastor Jacob and uh, all through Love Acadiana, I see my sister there, uh, Tara, and um, decided to just kind of partner with us and see what's going on. And you guys, through amazing generosity, wrote a check to pay the church off. Amen. Ain't that a trip, right? <laughs> that don't happen. It's nobody but God. And, and just building this relationship over two years it's been a, a, a blessing to be a part of and learn and grow and glean from uh, this family. Um, being on Simcoe, it's not easy. Um, it, it is one of the hardest areas in our community. Um, but we went there on purpose. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that we fell upon. We decided to go there because we wanted to do God's work there. Coupled with the learning center that's coming in the next a uh, few months that's going to have Christian education, uh, inner city golf school, um, just crazy stuff in the hood. Amen. <laughs> and I, I'm excited about it because God gets to use me 
uh, and the church and the family and you guys being a part of that. Amen. Um, so originally from Lafayette, I, I, I moved away uh, in 2001. I went to college on a golf scholarship um, and came back here in 2008 and planted a church uh, in 2009. Met my wife in college. She was a part of the college ministry there. My wife is on fire for the Lord. Uh, a shameless plug, if you're single, marry someone who loves Jesus more than they love you. Amen. Right. Amen. So she's been rolling with me every place from, from Simcoe to Florida to Mississippi. Amen. I told her if she leaves me, I'm coming. <laughs> uh, so what a blessing. Amen. So in our time together, I believe that God has uh, really birthed this message inside of my heart to share with you guys today. And uh, I, I'm very curious because as I'm praying uh, you're blessed to have a teacher, a pastor who's a teacher, who gives you so much revelation on a Sunday. I'm telling you, uh, that is amazing here to have a, a man of God who studies deep to preach low. And I, I want you to get this, right? So he can help you to digest the things of God. Uh, and I'm honored to, to sit here and listen to some of his studies um, throughout uh, these last couple months. I told him, I said, Pastor Scott, I'm a fan, right? Because anytime somebody's going to go deep in that word of God, they're going to do something new, right? So please don't ever get common with what you have here. Uh, so many people are so, they pet it, they pet it, they pet it, you're pet it. But you're getting deep revelation from God that can change your life. Amen? All right? So... In my prayer today, in my time today, uh, this thing hit me as I was praying, right? I don't take this opportunity lightly to share with all of you crazy, radical, Jesus-loving folks. <laughs> so my job is to excite you, to get you fired up, to do something different when you leave here. Amen? Right? So, so my, my message, I want you to look at something in 2 Timothy Chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. I want you to see this, and, and I won't be before you long today, amen, which means nothing <laughs> at midtown. <laughs> Look what the Bible says here in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame... The gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I want to read it again. It says, for this reason, here's Paul talking to young Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. For a little while in this church, I want to preach a message entitled, Burn, Baby, Burn. Do me a favor, touch three, peop three people and say, are you still burning? Come on, I say three people. That's one and a half. Come on, I say, touch them and say, are you still burning? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced in my walk with the Lord that there are times in my life 
where the fire just don't burn the way it used to. If I must be honest, even though I thrived through COVID, it was a stretch. And here it is, I'm reading the Bible and I'm in prayer and God is asking me the question, son, are you still burning? This burning and interesting that the, the Bible used this term, we hear it uh, often spoken of a Christian who is on fire, someone who is zealous, someone who is eager, someone who has enthusiasm about Christ, someone who loves God so much that leaving him would never ever be on their mind. The time you first met him, the time you fell in love with him, the time he changed your life, you said in that moment you hated every sin and any sin you've seen. You had a passion, a fire, in actuality, you were burning for Christ. Can I tell you today, Paul writes this letter to the church of God and asks the question, he told Timothy, make sure you are always fanning into flame the fire of God in your life. I'm convinced that the enemy is trying to rob us of our fire, our passion, our joy, our dedication, our enthusiasm to be what God has called us to be in the earth. And my job is to excite you, ignite you, get you up, cause you to be really, really radical when you leave this place. Because we cannot continue in this 21st century to do Christ in church the same way. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a what, what? It's very important to understand to be on fire is to be eager, zealous, or to burn with enthusiasm. I said, okay, God, I hear you speaking. Give me some revelation so I can compare the life in the Old Testament of some of these great men's of God. I remember the Bible talks about David in 1 Kings chapter 3, where Solomon, his son, verse 6, he said, you have shown great steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and uprising his heart towards you and have kept he had kept the great steadfast love you have given him, the son who sits on the throne. Solomon writes a letter talking about David's life. How David was so on fire with Christ, his son felt the blessing. Okay? Here it is. I'm recognizing that Solomon sees David. And recognize that he is where he is because of what David done. And then I go a little further and investigate the text because I need more examples in the Bible to qualify my thoughts. And then I see in John the Baptist where we study his life and how he told the crowd of the coming Messiah. He said when he comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Somebody say fire. John had to be in position in his life to understand his purpose in his life, that his job was to tell the crowd of who was coming behind him. John, David were all on fire. Let me bring it here to our time. You know, you heard of this great preacher by the name of Billy Graham. 
One of the greatest evangelists that I know in this time and this time. I grew up watching him on television. This man, obedience and ability to be on fire, caused some of the greatest revival around the world. They call him Billy Graham. Somebody say Billy Graham. And then you also heard of William Shamore, the guy who's responsible for Zuzu Street. Started one of the greatest revival that we can know of. This man was hearing from God on fire from God. Caused a revival that we still talk about today. And then even right here in Lafayette, you have two people, two generals, Pastor Jacob and Pastor Bubba, who started the foundation of OSC. Bubba with the Lord. Pastor Jacob still here. We are now resting in the manifestation of these great men's ability to be on fire. Can I get an amen? Can I get a better amen? (laughs) Right? So because they were on fire, we are here today because they said yes and they stayed with God. Think about what you're going to do and what I'm going to do as long as we stay on fire with God. Let me just check the crowd, make sure I'm in the right place because we really need this. I don't know what side is the best side, left side or right side. Somebody say south side, north side, one side, all God's people. Amen. So we have to understand it is our responsibility to burn, baby, burn. Now the Bible talks about reasons, and I want to give you four things today of why oftentimes our fire don't burn like it needs. And point number one, the reason why a lot of times our fire doesn't burn is because we see wrong. Or we are seeing wrong. We walk more, more by we walk more by sight than we do by faith. This world is made up, and this world is real. We investigate the Bible, and we see that the heroes of the faith was able to bring to pass things that were invisible and make them visible. Great Hall of Fame in Hebrews, these great men seen something before it was manifested. And they stayed true to the call. And the invisible became visible, causing the will of God to be manifested on the earth. These persons seeing right, they saw right, they perceive right. Oftentimes in our life, our sight is reduced to what we can see. Our house, our cars, our money, the things that we can touch. And when those things don't, when that doesn't reach our expectation, we oftentimes lose faith or desire and we think God is not blessing us. The truth of the matter is we are now succumbed to what we see and what we can touch. And that's not the way God called us to be in this world. Like our, the Bible says, Paul says, why yet a man hope for what he sees yet he still hopes for. Our job is to not see in the visible, but to see in the invisible and believe for it right here on earth. Are you following me? So when we see wrong, we have the wrong perception of things. Now, naturally, you know, people who who were natural people like inventors and explorers and novelists and creators, right? They seen something and we're blessed by it, like software, the lights, someone seen that flying on a plane, right? The iPhone you have. He used to call me on my cell phone. <laughs> I'm going to make sure y'all good. <laughs> right, right, right. Somebody seen that and invented that. 
We're blessed by that. We have discovery of, of continents and new places because somebody's seen in the invisible and was made manifest. The Bible talks about fate begins with a vision. Our fate is setting our affections on something that is bigger than what most of us live for. Let me qualify that. A lot of times that our, our faith is set on the things that we can only see, only attain with our natural eyes. But God says, I want you to set your fate on affection that is bigger than what you can see. Stop trying to accomplish what's in front of you, but believe bigger than what you can see. Can I tell you, I did not know that the nightclub would be a church that it is now, but I went out on faith. Amen. And, and even, can I tell you, even before I got on this pulpit, I seen it five years ago. Okay, I wish I had somebody. <laughs> Amen. What I did, how is that possible for you to be standing on this pulpit? I seen it, and I seen it in the invisible realm, and now I'm, I am standing here as a visible manifestation of what God put in my heart, because I believe higher than my affections. Are you catching that? This is important to get because if we don't get an understanding of, of, of how our fire burns down, it's because we have the wrong perception of our lives. And God wants us to have a clear perception. Right? Number two, we perceive wrong about life. Jesus tells us in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I have already overcome the world. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We perceive wrong about life. We think oftentimes bad things shouldn't happen to us. And when it does, God must don't love me. It's something I, I, I struggle with because my daughter... Like I think I told this story at a church I was preaching. My daughter went from, from being through COVID, from being a good girl to being a gangster all in one setting. And she's 16. She went gangster. I'm talking about Tupac gangster. You know, gangster. And, and, and I never seen that. <laughs> and, you know, we raised her. We prayed with her. We got in the right churches. And all of a sudden, she just, she just, she just went wrong. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't perceive it. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying and like, what's going on with my daughter? How in the world, any, any, any moms and dad in here who thought or just went, or son just, you know, you just, like, where did it come from? And, and, and I, I didn't see that. It caught me off guard. But that particular thing challenged the way I seen life. I thought if I do everything right, come on, right? If I, if I stay upright and I continue to pray and pay my tithes and do all the right things that, not in my home. But God said, I'm going to use this to build a prayer life deeper than what you had before. How many know your kids can make you get on your knees and pray? <laughs> Amen. But he said, son, you're going to have some trouble in this world. Whatever you're facing right now in, in this life, the Bible said you're going to face these troubles. But I'm going to prepare you about those troubles. And I want you to be encouraged while you're in those troubles. Understand that I already took care of it. I have to remind myself that God was in control. If he can save DK, he certainly can save Christian Kelly. I have to remind myself that I'm not exempt from going through troubles in my life. Just because I love Jesus, the devil is mad at you whether you love him or not. 
He wants to kill you and destroy you and then take you out because you got the image of God. So we have to understand that life, oftentimes, we got to perceive life to happen. Things happen in life, but don't lose your faith and don't lose your fire. Expect things to happen, but know who has you back. A writer says, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. Can I encourage someone who's going through something? Amen. That, that, that this is important to get inside of your faith, that, that nothing will break me or shake me. Nothing because God has my back. Say, neighbor, I can handle anything because God has my back. Right. And the third thing here, things that affect our fire is that we are caring wrong which means the cares of this world. Matthew 13, verse 20 says, the word of God was choked up because the cares of this world. This world gives us false hope of success. The Bible says, hope defers make the heart grow sick. I I, I can't serve God like I really want to because I'm too busy trying to get all I can in the world. I need to survive, provide, take care of my kids, take care of my, I got to look nice. Pastor, I got to ride nice. Pastor, I got I to gotta work this job. I got to, you know, I, I, I got to make sure my status quo is meeting the status quo. I got to drive what they drive. Amen. I got to dress like they dress. I got to talk like they talk. We all got to go to London. Everybody going to London. So I got to go to London, daddy. I got to make a table to London, daddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I just, that came out of nowhere. That, that just came. My daughter trying to go to London. I'm like, girl, don't you know I change windshields for a living? You don't think that don't cost. I said, I knew we was family. I figured, you know, sooner or later it'll come out, right? <laughs> when we start caring for this world, the Bible tells us that if we are friends with the world, we're enemies with God. See, when you see wrong, you start thinking that your place is here. We all just passing through by faith. And listen, I'm not telling you not to be responsible or respectable or have a hustle and go out and get it. But when your cares takes you out of the purpose and the promise of Christ, then you're in trouble. See, whatever has your faith, when you lose it, it takes your faith. So if money is your faith, when you lose it, Right? Right, right. Amen. That's come on. Right, the cares of this world. Right, if, if, if that, that car, that job, that relationship, right, right, if, if when it all goes wrong, if your fate is in that, then whenever it's broken or shaken, you lose yourself in that. You lose the job, lose the career, lose the man. Single ladies, all my single ladies. Oh, 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 oh. Our our faith in the cares of this world, feel what I'm telling you, like the Bible says that it chokes the word. So no matter what Pastor Scott preaches, what I preach, Derek Daniels come and preach, Pastor Jacob come and preach, any preacher you want come and preach. If your desires or cares of in this world is going to be shaking when you lose it. And if you started on fire, you won't be burning very long 
Because your fire is ignited by other things other than the Holy Ghost and prayer and power. Your happiness is contingent on other things and not on the source of all things. So when you understand those things, these things affect the way that you burn. All right. Number four, watch this. The wrong way or going the wrong way. Disobedience is sin. Proverbs 14 and 12 says that there's a way that seemed right unto a man, but the end produces death. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say neighbor, don't go the wrong way. So we care for the world, we perceive wrong, and then we go the wrong way. Which means we take the way that we think is better for our lives. I've been guilty. I've been guilty of going the wrong way. Anybody else in the church? I have not always went the right way. I've went the wrong way a lot of times. Going the wrong way got me right here where I am right now. I had to realize my way wasn't the right way. So, so I was in church going the wrong way. <laughs> Watch this. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was serving and working while still going the wrong way. My fire, what I thought was burning, was not burning. I was operating out of religion while still going the wrong way. And I was on my way to a devil's hell all because I thought my way was better than the way God had for me. And I woke up and I said, I'm doing this, these things out of the strength of other people's obligations, not because I truly love him. And God had to wake me up and say, hey, son, hold up, hold, hold up, hold up, DK, watch, watch, watch. He said, listen to me, listen to me. He said, listen, he said, you cannot live wrong and expect to get right. Whatever a man sowed, that's all he reap. You can't live wrong and get a righteous God to bless you. Now, just because, watch this, just because everybody sins differently, right, it's all under grace. But if you don't wake up, you got to pay for it. I don't want rest security yet. Somebody look at me crazy. Rest security. <laughs> Very important because I had to learn to go back to have a fear of the Lord and to hate sin like I first met him. You know, when you first met Christ, you hated every sin. You threw away. Oh, I remember when my wife first got saved and I met her in college and, and I was radical, speaking in tongues, running, walking around with a Bible. Nobody you would date. You thought I was crazy. <laughs> And I, and I got up to whatever, and I, she said, what I, want, I want to follow Christ. I said, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to your apartment, and we're going to look at everything, everything you're you wearing and all the music you got on. I said, we're going to throw all that stuff away because you can't have that junk inside of your mind walking with me. That's a bad date to start off on. That's, that's cold. Either I was, I, was, I was very arrogant or very confident. I don't know. I just thought. I say, and, and, then, and then we walk in the room and I say, okay, what, what do you wear when you go to the nightclub? And she said, I wear that. I said, take that, put it in the bag. Take it. And she was just listening. She put it all in the bag. And I was shocked she was listening because she's from Chicago. I'm like, she lifted it. 
And she put it all in the bag and she grabbed all of her music CDs. I'm talking about back in the day from R. Kelly, you know, from, from Mystical and Master P, uh, and the Nine Nine. You know, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about all of that music. I mean, she had stuff in there. I said, get all that junk and put it in the trash. And I said, if you're going to follow Christ, you can't have nothing else influence you to go the other way. And today, my wife is blessing me because she didn't give me a yes, she gave God a yes. Amen. This is important to understand because these things come to still our fire. These things come to slow us down. These things come to stop us from being a Christian who is on fire. The Bible reminds, or Paul reminds the young Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God. Now, I gave you four things that ultimately can, and they're not all together, right? That's other things in our life. But I want to give you four things, four keys that can help you keep the fire burning. Are you ready? All right? I'm going to give you these four keys. All right? Number one, stick to the basics. This is how I keep the fire burning. I stick to the basics. No matter how much of a veteran you think you are in the area of faith, no one ever outgrows the basics of God's word and prayer. Songs 119.105 tells us, your word is a lamp to my feet and light unto my path. No matter how much you're a veteran, how much you've been in the faith, I know some of you, Jesus is your first cousin. This is important because I've been saved X amount of years. I think I know better than everybody else. And what happens really, I have gotten comfortable with God's word and presence. And because I'm not sticking to the basics of prayer, communicating, reading, coming and going, that, right, right, that can cause my fire to die down. But if you want it to continue to burn, you got to continue to do this. You got to continue to make sure that your life is communicating with God through prayer and you have a burning passion to communicate with God through prayer as he speaks through his word. Listen, I know you guys got probably the best, my opinion, the best teacher probably in Lafayette. I'm jealous of y'all. I want to quit my church and come here. (laughs) But if he teaches all of this, and he shares out of his heart and his passions. And you don't, and you don't stick to the basics. How, Pastor, by praying, reading? Let me, let me say this. I don't mean to yell at you, but I'm passionate about this. Watch this. See, the reason why I can keep the fire burning in my life, talking about me, is because I, I live a life of prayer. Amen. And, and we can't never get, we can't get comfortable with not praying, church. Like, prayer is the answer. It holds things together. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Like, no, for real. Like, y'all looking at me crazy. Like, for real, I'm telling you, this is important. Because, see, see like, the, the further you go in God, the more sometimes we feel like we don't have to do the things that God is in that position in the first place. The more you grow to him, the more you got to have more time in prayer. Understand, God's word guides our life. And we can't live a good life without the lamp of God's word guiding our life. 
So over and over, read your Bible. Yes, read your Bible. Amen. Take some time to study. Get a part of all of the classes. Build your wisdom, your education, your knowledge. Learn more about God so you can stick to the basic and keep burning. Does that make sense? Number two, we got to make sure that we remain in fellowship. So anybody out here went camping? Any campers? Any, any campers in here? Nobody in here. Okay, one one camping. Okay, appreciate you. Not a person went camping. This is just a gangster church here. I thought nobody go camping. That's right. You know, you you go camping. You you everybody. You know you. I'm talking about real camping, right? Not not in the park. You're talking about you just playing. You know, real pain. Where that's lions, tigers, and bears. You know, right? That type of camping. Like really went camping, and you know one of the one of the dangerous things about camping is that nobody ever wants their fire to go. So, you know, when you light a fire, you got all the things that you need. All right. You got the stick, right? The sticks, you build a pile, all that good stuff. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm a city boy. I ain't been camping. If you want to take me, I, I really would like to go. Right. But <laughs> like, I, I'm realized like it's a big deal at the fire. You can't cook nothing. Nothing can get done. Right. We cold and get close to the fire. Right. And and, and I, I, I looked at something, so I can't relate to camping, but I can relate to barbecuing. I know I had right here in the left. I know I had some barbecue, right? And, and I, I, something hit me because I realized I can't camp, but I can barbecue. So, you know, when, when, you, when, you, go, when you barbecue, you get that charcoal, you, you pour it inside of that thing there, and, you, and you, they tell you to build a pyramid, right? I build a nice pyramid. You keep everything nice and tight, and then you take your lighter fluid, the Holy Spirit, and you pour it, <laughs> you pour it, right? You pour it on that charcoal, and then, and then you ignite it with prayer, right? You boom, spark it. That thing lights up, and all of a sudden, you got coal that's burning. And long as they're together, they're burning, but then, then I, as I investigate the fire, there's always a few coals that wants to do the, their own thing. <laughs> Not nobody in this church, but like, watch this. There's always a few coals that, w- that don't want to be a part of the pyramid, want to question everything. I don't, I don't like the way we're doing all of that. Well, everybody is, everybody is burning. There's always them few coals that's on the sideline. Never get the blessing of the steak juice dropping on it, right? I knew I was in the right church, right? And all of those people, or cold, should I say, when they're remaining together, they burn throughout the duration of the barbecue. But that's, that's, that's everybody, when they're on fire, they turn real gray. And that's one of them that's still real dark and cold. Well, the revelation hit me because I don't go camping. That as long as they remain with the other pile, they continue to burn. And can I tell you, this is important because while we're burning together, we need accountability. Watch this. We need accountability, right? We need community and fellowship. So if you think you can do it alone, then you're going to burn for a little while, but you ain't going to burn for Because nowhere in the Bible you find Jesus doing something outside of community and fellowship. And I want you to get it. Because that's why we got to come to church every Sunday. Right? Not just to go to church. Because when I go to church, I burn. 
I keep the fire ignited. I keep the flames going because when I'm around brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, that fire burns the more. So they would say you miss one week makes one week. So don't miss a week. Okay, y'all, that's when the the argument goes, you know what I'm talking about, right, right? This, this is important because when we remain in fellowship, the devil, can, the devil can't get us because we are a lot bigger than him. But when you're alone, watch the lion, watch the lion, watch the lion. When he hunts the prey, he'll try to divide the pack to get somebody to run along so he can devour them. And when you all together, you have community You play a vital part of keeping the passions of God burning inside of your life. This is, watch this, accountability, encouragement, discipleship, all happens through fellowship and remaining in the fire of God. Can I get amen? Amen. Uh, Number three, it says, my note says, remember the jar of your salvation. Kind of go back and think about when you first got saved, that jar of your salvation. I don't care what nobody say up in here. Argue me, fight me when I'm done. Michael Jackson was cold-blooded. Anybody know Michael Jackson? Anybody? Nobody know Michael Jackson? It's not a Michael Jackson church? <laughs> I thought it was a Mike. <laughs> right, right. No, he, he wrote a song a long time ago. He's, that song says, do you remember the time? When we fell in love, do you remember the time when we first met, girl? Y'all remember that? Y'all, no, for real, y'all remember that? Like, like, he was reminiscing of the time he first met that girl. Now, if you sit next to your boo, you might want to look at it and say, girl, I remember that time when I first. No, for real, like, he, he wrote the song and he says, do you remember when we first fell in love? The writer says, to keep burning, remember the jar of your salvation. When you first met God, what was it like then? David, watch this, he understood throughout his life the times where he lost track of being King David And being a man that was very disobedient, he said to himself, Lord, restore to me the jar of my salvation. Every now and then I look back without going back and I'm reminded of the jar of my salvation. I'm I'm reminded the first time I met him, how I fell in love with him and how things got crazy in my life and how things changed. See, the problem with being religious, the problem with with, with being a person who who goes through the motions of church is that you don't have no joy in your salvation. The only story you have, Pastor Scott, the only story we have is all the things we used to do. Here's what the church people say. I remember when I first got saved, I was, man, I would stand and preach on the corner. I used to go to my family house at Uncle Two Bugs Barbecue, and I would pray for everybody. When I first got saved, I told that devil where to get. Say, get, devil, get, because I'm here. Everything was predicated on when he first got saved. The church shouldn't live in the past. We should live in the present. Jesus said we should be doing greater things. Amen. 
That should be some greater works. It's not what you used to do. It's what you're doing now. Here's the question. What are you doing now? Are you still burning right now? So you need to remember the jar you saw when I first met him. I remember, I remember, I remember my, my story. I, age of 17, I was stabbed in a nightclub called Grant Street downtown. Stabbed in my left arm. My dad and my mom was on the road with a, and I was, I was out there living a wild life. Living la vida loca. <laughs> and, uh, da, right? I remember walking, getting in the fight and thinking I got the best of that guy. And I'm walking down on my Buick LeSable, 1995, with the, you know what I'm saying? Any, any hood people up in here? You drive a Buick? Nobody driving a Buick? Nobody? Okay, I got one. Per- pick me up whenever we go going to get some ice cream out. Right. And I remember, I thought I got the best of him, and I was walking, and somebody said, hey, Tank, my nickname, hey, Tank, hey, man, you're bleeding. And I looked down at my arm, and I had blood gushing down my arm, and the hospital was out on the road, so he said, I'm going to take you. So I remember driving, holding my arm, and the guy seen me in the emergency room, and he, he said, he said, son, you lucky man. He said, that would have been one centimeter off. It would have hit your main artery. You would have bleed out before you even got here. And, and, and I, I, all I can do was, was look up and say, God, thank you. And, and listen, and then I didn't go start living right right then and there. Other things had to happen to get my attention. But I remember when it first happened, and I, I fell in love with him, and I remember what happened in my heart. I remember that all of a sudden I didn't want to do wrong no more because I was convinced of his grace and his love. And, and see, this, 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 why, why, why says, this, is why, this is why I tell you the Bible says it is God's goodness that bring all men to repentance. And because when you remember how good he is to you, it causes you to repent. <laughs> it, 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 causes, it, it causes you not to want to do wrong by him. And listen, I know we look good sitting next to one another like we got it all together in public, but tell you in private, we'd be really be struggling with some things. Can I advise you to remember the jar of your salvation when you first met him and you first fell in love with him? That'll keep that fire burning. And, and number four, my last point here, and when we're getting, we getting out of here, I don't know how I'm doing on time, but my, my number four, it, it says this, Revelation 2 verse 4. And, and then we can close with this. It says this, it speaks, it speaks about the first love that has been abandoned. Jesus said, this is the thing, and the right of Revelation said, this is the thing I have against you, that you have left or lost your first love. He is trying he is trying to get the believer to reflect back to the first love. Now, I know in this church, not everybody maybe have said, I do to Christ yet. And this message could be for, one, for those who are, who are only saved or those who are right on the fence about being saved. Those who have been dating this church but not, not really committed to this church, Right? I, I know maybe you're watching online if, if we are live streaming and you say, I hear what you're saying, Pastor DK, that I need to burn, baby, burn. I, I hear what you're saying about, about all the great men of faith and all the things they've done, right? I'm, I'm sitting here today in, the, in OSC because of the great works of Pastor Jacob and Pastor Bubba and the, and the vision of these church elders and everybody who paid and gave and served and built. I'm standing here today because somebody seen that yesterday and I'm hearing it today. I'm here today because faith was invisible, now it's visible. I'm here today not because somebody liked me. God said, I have a plan for you. 
I am here today. You are here today. You are not dead today, and your purpose is not over today. I heard this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you think your purpose is over because the first plan didn't work out. That was your plan. But there's another plan called a master plan. And when you get that plan, watch what God is going to do. But watch this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Because he, he told them, the problem I have with the church is that you have gotten so religious that you deny the power that can make you godly. And we're searching for the next speaker, the next song, the next writing, the next thing. And we shouldn't search for those things. We shouldn't hope in the things Paul says that the thing we see. What you see is not what I want for you. What you cannot see in the faith is what I want to produce in your life. This is where it gets so important because if you're not burning, then you're going through the motions. And we are now, we are now, we, 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 we are a monument in not being a movement. And so many churches are monuments. They, they stand on the corner. Their lights are good. The, the ambiance is great. And everything looks good when you come in. The songs are right. Everybody greets you at the door. Hello. But we, if we're not making movement, we're not moving the kingdom. What do we need to do, Pastor Kelly? We need to get back on fire for God. Amen. Amen. We need to ask him, Pastor Scott, to return the joy of my salvation. So when I leave here today, I leave not saying, Pastor Kelly, preach a good message. I'm examining my heart and I'm asking, am I really on fire for God or I'm just checking the boxes? I got to get out of here. Watch this. And, and this is what you, and all of the war, the veterans, you see that there are people who haven't been to the altar because pride keeps you from the altar. You don't want nobody to see you cry or lift your hands. I want the passion to burn in my life. So I got to remain in fellowship. I got to make sure that I'm talking to God and I'm communicating to him. And I need to make sure that I am not abandoning my first love. And listen, I, I want to pray with you. We got to go. I want to pray with you today. If you would stand to your feet, we got, I got to get out of here and I'm going to turn it over. But, but don't, 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 don't miss what I come here to tell you. What did he preach about? I don't know. Michael Jackson. <laughs> no. Pastor Kelly is telling you today about a way of the Holy Spirit. Are you still burning? Can you burn, baby, burn? As we're getting settled here today in the church and we get ready to close in prayer, here is the question God is asking you. Are you going through the motions? Are you doing the same thing? Or do you feel the fire of God burning inside of you? And if that's you and then you saying, Pastor, I want more. I want more relationship than religion. That's you saying, I want to be more involved in the things of God and not myself. If that's you today, that's who I'm talking to. And, and this, I know some of you think you got it all together, but can I tell you, if your life is not full of prayer and inspiration and walking in revelation, then you don't have it all together. You are deceiving yourself while coming to church. But real believers set everything on fire everywhere they go. And that's my prayer for you to all heads bow as nobody's walking around. So, Father, we thank you today. 
We bless you, Holy Spirit, for the word that's deposited inside of our hearts today. And God, we ask this for every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, activate. Hey, God, let us not leave this place the same old person with the same thoughts, but light a fire inside of me to burn for you, Lord. That loving you and leaving you would never ever cross my mind. I thank you, God, that this word would take root, residence, and abide in the hearts of every person here today. And Lord, we call upon you right now to blow upon us, rest upon us, empower us, give us the luminous power as in the book of Acts to do greater things. And Father, we ask humbly that we can deny ourselves, pick up our cross for real, and follow you. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. I don't care who I came here with. I'm here now. And when I stand before you, I'm not going to be before my friend or my brother or my, or my sister. It's going to be just me and you. And right now, I'm asking you to help me burn with passion, fire, and zeal. That is my prayer today. And Father, as I'm praying this prayer, allow me to remain in the fellowship of my people, my brethren. Cause me to stick close. Cause me not to wander astray. And when I walk out of here, Lord, let my life be changed for real. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you. Father, I need you burning my heart, burning my spirit. Father, help me to leave out of here different. Set me a fire. Give me a fire. Let my fire consume anything and everything that is not of you in my life. I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen.